Welcome back to Popcorn for Dinner, everybody. This is Jeff. And Kelly. This week, we are talking about a, like, classic, bona fide, <laughs> grade A hunk of 90s action movie cheese. <laughs> like, this is, this is, this is pretty tippy top. Like, right. like, action movies in general tend mm -hmm. to have a lot of cheese to them. Some of them just balance it better than others. Yeah. And make a more enjoyable movie. Uh, this one is just off the wall with it. This movie is easily one of the weirder 90s action movies. I haven't seen a lot of 90s action movies. That yeah. really wasn't my thing growing up. Yeah, this is a heck of a way to, to sort of jump into it, uh, is to start with the 1993 Sylvester Stallone classic, Demolition Man. I, <sighs> Were you prepared for this movie? I was... <laughs> not um a lot of things caught me off guard uh -huh. <laughs> i couldn't have been on guard for this movie because <laughs> i didn't really know what to expect yeah i was just like all right like i've seen die hard i've seen con air <laughs> yeah yeah there's maybe a couple others <laughs> <laughs> uh this is the first stallone movie that i've seen <laughs> so which is like a little bit of a shame because it's like you know rocky and and first blood mm -hmm. are him like actually acting mm -hmm. even if it does have a little bit of that actioniness to it yeah it's just it's a much bigger role and then in this case <laughs> this movie has so many one-liners right from stallone that are like it, it just exemplifies the level of cheese in this movie some of the ridiculous shit that gets said yeah. uh before during and after like he murders someone yes <laughs> um which is just you know which is great he, uh, he murder death kills them yeah right oh my god that's we're gonna we're gonna be talking a lot about this this future society <laughs> that this movie takes place in. Demolition Man, like the reason it's so ridiculous, like you you listed Die Hard and Con Air as movies that you had seen. Mm -hmm. You know, Die Hard I would put on the furthest end of of the action movie spectrum in terms of cheesiness. Like it, it really doesn't. It's got a few one liners mm -hmm. to it, and he's kind of snarky, but it's yeah, kind of like more the, level headed. The TV dinner line. Yeah, exactly. But like it's it's a little more grounded. Mm -hmm. Something like this is absolute insanity all the oh, way yeah. towards the other end of it. Sort of more like Con Air, but even even beyond Con Air, <laughs> which is hard to imagine yeah. that there's a beyond Con Air, <laughs> which would have been a great title for a sequel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this one fucking gets you there because like it, the fact that it like it takes place in a like a not too distant future at first mm -hmm. based on the movie itself because mm -hmm. the movie was made in 93 and it starts in 96 mm -hmm. but the fact that that's already like a, a a super heightened reality where it's like oh, LA's a fucking wasteland yeah full on wasteland from 93 to 96 LA has turned into a complete like it looks like Mordor essentially mm -hmm. like it's just it's it's <laughs> it's destroyed and all I could think of was that Futurama episode where Fry thinks he goes to the future, but they're just in L.A. Mm -hmm. and it's nasty and, and post-apocalyptic. Yeah. I just I couldn't <laughs> help but think of that. I was like, yeah, it's basically the same joke, even though mm -hmm. and then it wasn't really a joke. Yeah. But then people get frozen and it takes you to 2036, did it say? 2032. 2032. OK. And it shoots you off into the future mm -hmm. for the rest of the movie in an even more ridiculous future than they imagined for 1996 yeah. <laughs> um especially given the time like it might be yeah. it might be watching it right now where you're like we're technically closer to 2032 than we are to when this movie came out mm -hmm. so seeing their future yeah. and being like yeah okay but also <laughs> just like think about it just logically for a moment and you're like yeah how could they they, they, they act like 40 years ago is mm -hmm. like a hundred years ago yeah right a and i didn't understand yeah. that at all it's like so many of you people would have been alive yeah when that was going on why do you treat it like it's literal ancient history yeah so ridiculous ridiculous to the fact i guess because everything started becoming illegal that well, like people <clears throat> just started forgetting about it what i was gathering was that the world was just getting shittier and shittier and then they mentioned that there was the big one like a, mm -hmm. uh, an earthquake that i guess like destroyed los angeles or something like completely mm -hmm. and then this guy cocteau dr cocteau rebuilt society into this new society and this is all his idea 
Gotcha. Okay. That, that's what it seemed like it came from. No clue how he has the infrastructure to do that. Yeah. None of that is explained how the world becomes like Super Jetsons futury <laughs> if it like had to be restarted in like 2010. Yeah. <laughs> Seems wild. Um, super stupid. But <laughs> that's the world that the movie takes place in. But what's infinitely more fun are the people that you're following into this world. Because... Mm-hmm. That whole opening sequence, you get John Spartan, Sylvester Stallone, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, come on, (laughs) John Spartan. What a fucking name. (laughs) And John Spartan, he's been hunting Simon Phoenix again. Amazing bad guy name. Perfect. Because how many times throughout the movie does he say Simon Says? Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, my God. It started getting old. They milked it. I was like, oh, stop now. They did, and they made one like Phoenix joke, which almost mm-hmm. seemed like the guy didn't realize he was making it. He's like, <laughs> and Mr. Phoenix has risen from the ashes, and he didn't like hang on it or like wink with it or anything. It just didn't <laughs> seem like he noticed that he made the reference. Um, but I thought that was funny. Yeah. But yeah, like, what a bad guy name. Brilliant bad guy name. <laughs> Played by Wesley Snipes, yeah. who I'm sure is barely acting uh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of insanity. Like, it, it really felt like they were just like, just literally do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Any scene that comes up, all that needs to happen is that you need to kill people and yeah. and say shit. Literally nothing else has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> he has no plan. He has no overarching thing that he's doing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know why he's doing some of the things he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> you find out later that like he's been brainwashed anyway. So it's like literally it's like, Wesley, just go out there, say whatever the fuck you want yeah. <laughs> and beat up on some stunt guys. Yeah. And fire some blanks and whatever, and we'll just film it. And that's what it feels like it is, and it's perfect. <laughs> he is so ridiculous in ways that, like, it, it, I don't even think the movie understands. <clears throat> so John Spartan is the greatest cop who ever lived. Mm-hmm. And Simon Phoenix is the, like, most insane and ruthless criminal who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. And so they've been, like, battling each other, it seems. By the beginning of the movie, it seems like it's like, oh... I'm going to finally get him this time, like all Mm -hmm. this time. And they meet up. Do they scuffle a little bit? They fight? I forget. Mm, Or do they just save that for the end? No, it's like a standoff. It's, yeah, it's, and he's wondering where. Because he's got at the very beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Wesley, uh, Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix, there we go, uh, (laughs) is standing there with the like blowtorch. Right, right. And he's got the gasoline everywhere. Yeah. And uh, he's going to drop it. And then he lights the cigarette instead and flicks that into the gas, which, again, mm-hmm. 90s action movie cheese. It's like all, all of us growing up know that that doesn't work yeah. from watching Mythbusters. Yeah. So all those old <laughs> movies that all reuse it, it's just fucking your eyes roll. It has to, no matter how mm-hmm. cool the director thought it would be, even if he knew that it wasn't right. And he's just like, I just want it to look cool. It's like Mythbusters wrecked it. It's wrecked forever. Every single yeah. time that happens in a movie now, it's if- like, God. Um, and in the process, cause so they catch him essentially like there's a huge explosion and, Mm -hmm. and John Spartan gets Simon Phoenix out of the building that Mm -hmm. they're in, uh, and they catch him and they're going to freeze him. Seems like a ridiculous concept in general because you're like preserving them perfectly. Yeah. And so it's, it's, then you're brainwashing them so that they become what you want them to be. True. I mean, I guess. Okay, if that's the plan from the beginning. I didn't really think of it that way. Well, yeah, because they didn't, when they have had to, they had the, like, things pushed, put on Yeah, them. they had, I, I, right, right, right. Okay. But either way, so they catch him, they're going to put him on ice. Uh, but also, at the same time, John Spartan blew up that whole building, and he didn't know mm-hmm. that there were hostages in there. Yeah. And so him killing 30 hostages gets him whatever in prison however long 70 years in prison yeah so he also goes under and uh and gets cryogenically frozen cut to 30 year 30 how long is it 36 38 something a lot of years later it's almost 40 years later and society has turned into this like fake utopia Mm-hmm. where like everything is supposedly perfect and there's no need for like guns or weaponry. There's peace, there's harmony. Um, and what it really felt to me while I was watching it, I was like, this is like an alt right 
wet dream scenario <laughs> of like, look at this pussy ass snowflake society with no guns or or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And they need to get saved by the manliest man of them all, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone. And he has to save them from a bad guy with a gun. And it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so there's this whole plan that you don't know about ahead of time. So it does make it somewhat confusing because it's like they start off and they... They unfreeze the lunatic Simon Phoenix mm-hmm. for a for a parole for a hearing. parole hearing, mm-hmm. which he easily escapes from and murders everybody. Like immediately, immediately, <laughs> it's the first thing he does. <laughs> is that the scene where he's talking in Spanish, where the guy is saying yes. something to him and he's just repeating it all in Spanish and he's just like, "Shut the hell up!" Yeah. Apparently, that was just something that Wesley Snipes did, and they were like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> I guess you could do it that way. <laughs> you know, like All just right. the fact that he he was basically allowed to just be as weird and crazy as that he is, ever wanted to be. That is ridiculous. And it makes sense for the character. It's wonderful. But yeah, he responds in Spanish and then is told something and he or like asked for like last words or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. when he says the voice code for the handcuffs. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. Why would that be a thing ever? Yeah. Like, like no <laughs> padlock please yeah literally it's it's this future mm-hmm. that they create in this in this movie is for one ridiculous in yes. a thousand different ways mm-hmm. and also like so clearly unsustainable yeah like just it's- the idea that 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 they all act as though nobody will ever be bad again mm-hmm. they're unprepared for any act of aggression at all yeah like completely they like don't touch at all yeah, yeah there's no physical contact those like god that dumbass of uh, future high five where mm-hmm. they like rub their hands in the air near each other and mm-hmm. don't actually touch i was like god damn it this fucking society is so Seriously. clearly doomed but that's like what makes the fun of it is the fact that like simon phoenix shows up in this world he is everything they're not supposed to do (laughs) (laughs) and he sets off alarms everywhere he goes and he's just murdering everybody so to fight him and get (laughs) take him down i mean it's basically like the tagline to the movie you take a maniac to catch a maniac yeah (laughs) so the only way to catch a simon phoenix is to unfreeze a john spartan yep which i mean i guess you could look at it as like a a, an ironic twist that (laughs) That uh, Simon Phoenix's like downfall, eventual downfall, is the fact that he succeeds at framing John Spartan for that crime. Mm-hmm. Because if Phoenix went under ice and Spartan didn't, he'd probably <laughs> be dead or too old to stop him. Yeah. But since he got him frozen, he's able to come back and fight him like man to man. I didn't even think about that. So now you've got... These two fucking ridiculous characters like like Stallone is such the like they call him a caveman all the time mm-hmm. and, and he Neanderthal. Neanderthal and all that because he's like I, I want some meat or a beer or mm-hmm. a cigarette or literally like any old American thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like we don't do that anymore in the future. It's bad for you. <laughs> That's why it felt really right leaning politics to that mm. of the whole like fucking nanny state the government takes over and tells you what you can and cannot do and shouldn't yeah. do and what's bad for you they put a chip in everybody yeah everyone's got a chip they're being watched blah 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 everyone says everyone else's full name that was driving that, me insane by yeah. the end of the movie as literally i was like at some point one of these people has to catch on that like you can just you, can you say yeah just like, one yeah someone needs to learn from john spartan and just start saying single names just a first name or a last name and nobody ever does it's like he's babysitting adult babies the whole movie because they don't understand anything they're completely Mm -hmm. useless in every scenario the fact that he knocks sandra bullock out before Mm -hmm. the final battle he's just like you are literally beyond useless yeah like you are dead weight yeah you are a hindrance if you come with me (laughs) so i'm gonna knock you out and then she thanks him afterwards too like yeah i understand (laughs) i would have gotten us killed i get it um So just a ridiculous world, and I think my favorite moment for Simon Phoenix is probably, like, he's at that computer, Mm -hmm. he's typing shit in, he's just, like, out in public, and Mm -hmm. he's been fucking with people and swearing and, like, (laughs) you know, getting all sorts of attention, and all the cops show up, 
and they just like they have no idea how to deal with him. Yeah. And they're literally the only way they can deal with him is by like relaying back to base. And they're mm-hmm. apparently like looking up tactics for how to t- like, is that what yeah. it seems like they're like, we got to check our database to understand what to do with a person who's being rude yeah. on the street. Like you've never encountered that ever. No yeah. one has ever been like, I don't want to go or anything. Like it's complete yeah. peace and harmony. They, they were told to be assertive. Yeah, that was my favorite. Like, and then if he, if he if he doesn't do what you say, add or else. Mm-hmm. And then that's what kind of sets him off. He like looks over at them, like, did you fucking just say or? <laughs> he goes over and he just beats the ever living shit out of everybody. Yep. So that's before they unfreeze Spartan, right? They're like, we can handle this. Mm-hmm. And then he murders them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we can't handle this. Yeah. Do whatever it takes. To stop him or oh yeah whatever. yeah yeah the doctor doctor mm-hmm. Cocteau mm-hmm. tells the police chief to do whatever he can to to stop him so that that seems like okay spoiler alert <laughs> for the end of the movie <laughs> um, doctor Cocteau is behind it all mm-hmm. he set it up I think I think they said it was his his cryo freezing technology like he was mm-hmm. the one in charge of all that shit so he invented the whole cryo freezing stuff he's an old guy so he was around back when Phoenix went under. Mm-hmm. And when they put him under, he apparently gave him like a shitload of like brainwashing material mm-hmm. in his like rehabilitation. Yeah. Whatever. However they're doing it, ah, whatever, whatever pseudoscience mumbo jumbo is getting this into their head. He sets it up so that he well, they had to have done it later. They couldn't have been from the very beginning. They had to have put him under ice. And then later oh, he, yeah. he figured out like, oh, you know what? I'm going to need to bring someone out to murder this guy who's like who's starting this underground rebellion against my perfect society mm-hmm. because there's no way he would have programmed him with the knowledge of that guy's name of Dennis Leary's character's name that's true if it was back in 1996 <laughs> so he eventually put the 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 brainwashing shit mm-hmm. into his programming whatever the fuck mm-hmm. uh to make Simon Phoenix do his bidding and never kill him like, he can aim a gun at him, but he can't pull the trigger because it's in his brain. He can't do it, whatever. Yeah. So he sets him loose to go and kill Dennis Leary. Uh, Edgar Friendly, I think his name was. Yes. Uh, and he lives underground with the Scraps, mm-hmm. who are all these people who reject this perfect fake utopian society. And they want... He essentially is just himself <laughs> underground. Yeah. I, I read that they rewrote the character to be more like Dennis Leary when Dennis Leary got cast. So they're like, yeah, we're just going to let you rant. That's about awesome. stuff. And that's why it sounds like he's about to fucking start into his like asshole song when he's like, I want to fucking smoke cigarettes and smoke cigars and <laughs> eat steak and do this and do that. And all that. it sounded like it was like two seconds away from the fucking guitar starting. Yeah. And he's just going <laughs> to sing the whole song while fucking Sylvester Stallone stands there. Um, yeah. This Dr. Cocteau, the guy in charge who created this whole society, mm-hmm. unlocks Simon Phoenix and doesn't think about like the, the consequences of it. In any other sense, because essentially he, he just wants to kill the like rebellion. Yeah. Um, the idea that he like it, did he know that Phoenix was going to be destroying everything on his way out to get to him? Because it seems like all you're doing is like destroying your utopia. Yeah. And you're I... terrifying your people because they realize now how unequipped they are to fight these kinds of things instead of just like secretly killing friendly Finding a way to do, you know, to do away with him quietly. You go away with it in the loudest way possible. He, he, I'm going to assume he just didn't do good enough research into who Simon Phoenix was. Clearly, because it's his <laughs> downfall at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I was just like, there's no way this guy is this stupid, right? There has to be another little twist to his plan. And then it turned out, no, he is exactly as stupid as it seems. So it's like, <laughs> this guy's supposed to be brilliant. Mm-hmm. who created this entire society and he is undone by the fact that he simply doesn't think that someone else can hold a gun. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, they get out John Spartan mm-hmm. and he obviously is, is also a complete mismatch for the time and place. First thing he does is like swear a bunch and he gets fined <laughs> and everyone's looking at him like he's like just like the weirdest thing except for Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. who is like enamored with him. It seemed odd to me when they first introduce her, you know, they show her as someone who's like, is there any conflict today? Like, is there anything bad that's happening that we need to stop? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, no, just like every other day. Yeah. Stop it. 
<laughs> and they're all mad at her for like, you want to deal with violence and bad things and this and that? Because mm -hmm. she is apparently obsessed with the 20th century. Again, in a way that makes it seem like it was a thousand years ago. Yeah. Like everyone seems like she's this lunatic for pining <laughs> for an age that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> like again, so many of you remember it. Like Bob Gunton, the guy who plays the chief, had to have been at least like 50 yeah. plus by the you know, in this movie. It's like you were alive back then. You know about this. Why, why is this such a... It's ridiculous. Yeah. It really should have been like at least 21, 32. Yeah, exactly. It should have been way, way in the future. Making it... 30, 32? <laughs> that might be Something. a little extreme. Yeah. But literally just anything other than just like a fucking couple years down the road. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was so silly. But she wants action mm -hmm. in her life that isn't there because everything's perfect and so john spartan showing up and this simon phoenix thing happening is like perfect for her except for the fact that she's a coddled idiot baby from the future <laughs> who can't do anything in any of these scenarios and is constantly like there's one seek one right towards the end she shoots a gun mm -hmm. and kills a guy and he's like hey no shot yeah <laughs> and, and it's like she has never held a gun in her life before you are lucky you are not dead, John Spartan. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like she she's, you know, pining for it, but is clearly ill-equipped. So it's kind of just this weird thing where it's like she gets us into the police like station so that we kind of understand the world that they're mm -hmm. in. Um, and she consistently makes faux pas when she's trying to use like uh, <laughs> phrases from the 20th century, mm -hmm. uh, including my favorite one right towards the end where she says, let's go blow this guy. Yep. <laughs> he's like, away. Blow this guy away. She's like, whatever. Close enough. Like, just so ridiculous. So silly. And she is fucking adorable in this movie. She really is. This is just before Speed. So this is like prime. Nobody knows who she is. Sandra Bullock. And you could just tell it. Like, not that she ever, like, became super, like, self-conscious of herself. But, like, mm -hmm. the super silliness that she does in this movie yeah. feels like something that she'd only do if it was, like, I need to make sure I'm getting another job after this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got a show I'm on board. Fucking singing that Armor Hot Dog song in the car. And just, <laughs> oh, my God, it was hysterical. And then that weird sex scene between her and him. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. What stuck out to me is, like, she knows so much about the past and about mm -hmm. the 20th century and stuff. How could she not know that he would be expecting something else? Yeah. In terms of sex. She's like, like we should have sex. Let's go back to my place and have sex. And he's like, holy shit, really? Okay, fine. Let's do it. And then yeah. she's like, I mean, future sex with headsets and we never touch each other. And he's like, oh, that sucks. And then she gets so mad that she wants to kick him out. And I get it. Like, she doesn't want it. Mm -hmm. So whatever. I'm not trying to, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to say like, hey, she tricked him. He deserves it. But more so just like, you know that yeah. that's not how it was done back then. You're Why are you unreasonably mad? <laughs> he, like it, it, And also the fact that he's like, I'll try it. And mm -hmm. it fucks with him because it's so weird. And she's like, what? Wasn't that great? And he's like, that was so weird. Like it's, it's yeah. freaking him out. It's just like that was a, that was a bad idea all around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you should have just never brought it up. Yeah. So he is the, you know, the manliest man who ever manned. And <laughs> he's here to <laughs> to fuck shit up and save the day and stop uh, stop Wesley Snipes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, I fucking love Wesley Snipes in this movie. <laughs> I love after that first battle with the cops when he's just like mocking the dudes like attempt to like square up with him mm -hmm. and everything. And he just like <laughs> keeps like hopping out of the way and then just takes him down and he just goes like stupid and keeps walking. <laughs> and I was like, I fucking love it. Like how, how nonchalant this dude is about causing all this destruction basically because he knows he's like, I, I outmatch everybody. Yeah. There's nothing they could do. He could literally do whatever he wants <laughs> except shoot the doctor in the face because of his brainwashing. Yes. Um, I knew that that doctor was like an asshole from the start. First thing, he's in that room mm -hmm. and he's talking to those people on those monitors. Yeah. And he gets up to walk around the table, forcing all the monitors to like turn and angle with him so that people yeah. can see him. And then he just like, he walks like halfway around the table, stops, walks back to his chair, sits down. She's like, why are you being an asshole about this? Yeah, seriously, just stay there. <laughs> just sit in your fucking chair. What, like, what is the point of that? And I was like, I, I just really wrote down. I was like, why get up and make all the monitors turn and follow you like an asshole? 
And then later it was like, oh, it's because he is an asshole. He's yeah. a bad guy. That makes sense now. <laughs> um, oh, and then uh, the doctor's sidekick. Oh, yes, from uh, Beetlejuice. Yes, that was... Yes. That One of my notes was just, he was in Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was in a couple of early 90s movies. He was in, he was in and around mm-hmm. a bunch of them. And another Beetlejuice thing, I don't know if you caught it too, like for the most part the music in this movie is kind of just like whatever it's not there's mm-hmm. no like real big themes yeah it just sort of like works for the scene and whatever it's not all that memorable but it's not like terrible mm-hmm. but towards the end were you getting that feeling that the beetlejuice theme kept wanting to start like there was one piece of music that they would keep using over and over when people were just like walking and talking together and it was like fun, 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 fun. <laughs> and then the, i just i was waiting for beetlejuice i, I didn't like, catch that I was waiting for it so bad and I was like, please, please do it. I, I would love it so much. Um and then there's that <laughs> there's that famous scene with the three seashells. With the toilet paper and the three seashells. That's yes. something that's like for some reason that's like the most memorable thing in the movie for a lot of people. It's all they can think about is the three seashells. Because they never learned how they work. Right. Everyone's well, no. curious. I get I get that part, <laughs> but it's like that's not the fucking interesting part to me. The interesting part is that John Spartan comes out of the bathroom and he's like, "Hey, by the way, you guys are out of toilet paper. Uh there's just these seashells." And they're all laughing at him like, "Oh, he doesn't know how to use the three seashells." And he's like, "Fucking whatever." And he swears and the thing beeps and it shoots out some paper for a fine for him. Mm-hmm. So he walks over to it and he just lays off a whole bunch of curse words like, "You duck fucking blah 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 blah." <laughs> and he just gets a whole bunch of pieces of paper and he holds them up and he goes like, I'll see you in a few minutes. Three seashells. Yeah. And he walks away. And I'm like, so he's got shit in his pants. He's been walking around with shit in his pants because he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. And now he just got the paper. And now he's going back to the bathroom. (laughs) This whole scene, he's been standing there with shit in his pants. (laughs) And nobody ever brings that up. I mean, maybe he was just holding it the whole time. I guess. I guess that's a way to think about it. But that ruins my fun. And then later, he, when they're trying to tell him what to do, he's like, why don't you just shove a leash up my ass? And I was like, does John Spartan not know how leashes work? That's not how you're supposed to use them. <laughs> Actually, my favorite John Spartan thing is his penchant for <laughs> for screaming things while jumping off of stuff. <laughs> like the start of the movie where he leaps out of a helicopter screaming, Phoenix! <laughs> Just like, what, to let him know you're coming? Or yeah. <laughs> what's the Don't you want to like try and sneak up on him? Yeah, really, there's what? nothing. Um, and then later... When he's crashing that future car and like the brakes don't work or something. So the steering's Mm -hmm. not working, whatever. And he's like going out of control and he's like flying through the air. And he just yells like, you Mickey Mouse piece of shit. (laughs) I could not get over how funny that fucking stuff was. Oh my God. So ridiculous. But he has, he has a lot of great, uh, a lot of great one-liners. You're on TV. Mm-hmm. When he's smashing Simon Phoenix with a with an old tube TV, yep, <laughs> swinging it around by the cable and hitting him with it, you're on TV. That would not work in real life. That cable would come ripping out of that TV. Yeah, <laughs> quite possibly my favorite one of the movie is uh, you're you're gonna regret this the rest of your life. Both seconds of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a killer one, man. That's that was great. that was a classic right there. Um, I really liked. Uh, Simon Phoenix repeating the what's your boggle <laughs> <laughs> for one just that phrase yeah the fact that the guy at the museum comes up and asks him that yeah what's your boggle like what the fuck kind of future is this that's so silly yeah like I- the way that movies and tv shows and all sorts of like speculative future fiction stuff they always change things that are like Nobody would ever change that. Why would you change that? Yeah. Of all things, like the fact that everyone's greeting is be well always. Yeah. That's everyone all the no, time. And no, like, that's not the greeting. That's that's the goodbye. It's goodbye. Yeah, whatever. The greeting is like warm salutations or mellow salutations. Yeah, stupid shit like that. It's like they always change things like that. And it's like, why? Why can't people just say like hello or hi? Why would that ever go away? Because they're all brainwashed. They all, have those, they? they all have those chips in them. You don't know. Well, the movie definitely does not cover that. 
So it really just seems like this is the world now. Everyone is a wiener who can't, <laughs> who can't defend themselves or think for themselves. And I mean, yeah, then they are. Uh, but yeah, that was just silly. But like, and like, what's your boggle? Like, <laughs> seriously, like, do you have a question? It's like, oh no, 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 that's uncivilized. You must ask. What's your boggle? Oh, fucking ridiculous. I did like that the one guy tells Simon Phoenix to be well, and he says, be fucked. (laughs) (laughs) I was very, very glad that this was like, that they went with the R, like the hard Mm -hmm. R in this movie of being like, okay, now it's like people are going to get blown away, lots of guns, tons of swearing, all all swearing everywhere. (laughs) Nothing but swearing. Okay, can we talk about when Phoenix gets the guns? Yeah, from the museum? Yeah. Was it the Hall of Violence or? Yeah, yes, the Hall yeah. of Violence. I love that. <laughs> in the armory exhibit. Yes. Why were the guns on display loaded? Yeah, I, I don't understand why they would be functional, let alone loaded. Yeah. <laughs> it's complete insanity. Like, I, I guess I understand, like, in terms of, like, they believe that no one's going to try and take them and use them because right. of the way society is. But loaded it could just fall over and yeah. go off yeah like that's that's so dangerous <laughs> the fact that there is more ammo than in the weapons yeah you know what I mean? it's like, like how could there... you possibly reload you know yeah. what i mean it's, like, it's not like they have crates of ammo back there too why would you need them they're relics <laughs> and yet they just they can use the guns all over the place all sorts of bullets like that's mm-hmm. the craziest thing it's like where are any of them getting bullets from yeah him or the police or john spartan yeah or any of that stuff if they used like future weapons mm-hmm. like exclusively like crazy weird future weapons then yeah. i could get it but it's like no it's an action movie in the 90s people want their guns yeah. so they have to use old school guns and there's got to be a lot of blanks and a lot of bullets flying even if it makes absolutely no sense that there would be bullets anywhere near a gun <laughs> in this world unless there was also like an ammo display in the armory? <laughs> you know what I've always wanted to see? Ten huge crates of ammo. <laughs> That's what we need I, to see. I always wondered what that looked like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it looks like that. Yeah. yeah, that's hysterical. And then he just blows his way out of the, the fucking museum itself mm-hmm. with a cannon that is also apparently functional. And loaded. And loaded. <laughs> like, and not just loaded with a cannonball, but primed and ready to go. Yeah. Complete insanity. Obviously, since the whole movie is, you know cheese central you just hand wave it away with the idea of like well they didn't think anyone would ever even think to touch them so they're loaded because what does it matter if they're loaded or not loaded mm-hmm. no one's ever going to use them because accidents happen yeah not like, in future world apparently like no one trips in future t- world <laughs> that's like, something that i thought about too the fact that they're like we've never had like an unsanctioned loss of life or something they, they say something really weird about mm-hmm. that um, which I get the idea of like you wouldn't have murders mm-hmm. if everyone is technically getting along and there's like peace and harmony. Mm-hmm. But it's like you've because people are like throwing up at the mere concept that mm-hmm. people are being killed. Yeah. And it's like never an accident. There's never like an industrial accident. Yeah. Or a, a car built. crash or <laughs> foam in the cars. So- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it, it, it's yeah, just, it's like, it's so no bizarre one, how coddled this this future society yeah. is. Or it's like, and also the fact that they never specify like, is the whole rest of the world like this, or is it just, is it just L.A. that got hit with the with the, no, San the earthquake? Angeles. Well, it's San Angeles now, but yeah, Los Angeles is what got hit and destroyed, and then they rebuilt on top of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like the but you know this area mm-hmm. of California. Is this the only place like this? They never say. They literally never mention anything outside of not just California, but literally this fake version <laughs> of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just ridiculous that. But no, yeah, it has to be the whole world because Taco Bell won the franchise wars. Oh, right. <laughs> and so now every restaurant is Taco Bell. Yeah. So, so in. 20 something years 22 years mm-hmm. they went from like complete destruction to modern utopia with only taco bell is the only restaurant that's ever existed yeah i don't understand how like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> sorry i noticed in my notes that i wrote down that uh tvs are in portrait mode in the future <laughs> so it really is a terrible future like that's a 
That's a nightmare <laughs> if you have to watch things in portrait mode. <laughs> oh, terrible. So, I mean, the, the whole plot of the movie, you know, John Spartan trying to track down Simon Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, the doctor is behind it all. So eventually they have to like, that all has to overlap. Right. Um, and John Spartan figures out that the doctor, he's behind it all. And mm-hmm. he, he set loose Simon Phoenix and everything. And he just sits on it. He finds it out, and then he just goes to work the next day as though they're just regular beat cops. Yeah. Like, you were here to find Simon Phoenix. Why are you just <laughs> hanging around the station like you're waiting to go on assignment? Like, you have an assignment. Yeah. <laughs> go, go and find him. And now you have a lead. Yeah, seriously. This guy, and you just sort of sit on it for a while, and then finally you get around to doing it. Like, why was that not your first move? Why did you do anything else that day? <laughs> <laughs> before you were like and then i'll go track down the guy who's literally the only reason i'm unfrozen right now <laughs> um and he goes they do they, they go to the doctor and he talks his way out no of it? they they go there and the the doctor is on the tvs that's right the henchman whatever yeah. his name was i think it was like bob just Bob. He was the only one with one name. <laughs> I guess, dude. Apparently, he was supposed to be a eunuch, oh. but they didn't mention it in the movie. Oh. There's a lot. There's some. There's there's a few things that I'll mention because this movie was like half an hour longer. Oh. Uh, and then they had to cut it down. So there's a bunch of shit that didn't make it. That is kind of like a okay. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they go to the doctor, but then they. They like put a gun to his head and they're like, mm-hmm. hey, fucker, we got you. What? How did he get out of that? Did Simon Phoenix just show up and wreck it? No, because Sh- Simon Phoenix showed up later with his buddies that he got unfrozen or whatever. <laughs> that, that was lunacy of, of the highest level. The fact that he fucking is just like, okay, Mr. Doctor Guy, I'll totally kill Dennis Leary for you. Uh, but first, I need you to unfreeze like six other horrible, violent associates of mine. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, okay. Yeah. No pushback. Yeah. Nothing. He's just like, okay, sounds good. This is what I was talking about earlier. Where it's like, there has to be another twist to this doctor's plan. Yeah. Because there's no way he's this stupid <laughs> to just let loose a bunch of other horrible criminals that he wasn't mm-hmm. planning on releasing. So he doesn't have them set up in the whole brainwashing thing. Like, there has to be some other thing and then fucking it comes down to it and simon phoenix aims a gun at him again can't pull the trigger so he literally just throws his gun to jesse ventura (laughs) who then shoots the doctor and kills him and then simon phoenix is now like the main bad guy again Mm -hmm. uh because he killed the doctor and all that and it was like you literally didn't think that simon phoenix would think to just hand a gun to one of his associates and be like okay you shoot him for me please Clearly, he wants to kill you. It's not even like it's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He aims his gun at him every chance he gets. He just mm-hmm. can't pull the trigger. So it's like, you know, this guy literally, if he wanted you dead or if he could, mm-hmm. he would have you dead right now. Yeah. And you have no way to stop him other than your brainwashing. Which is like, don't give him a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't brainwashed to not kill you. Yeah. Oh, my God. And talking about things that got cut out of the movie, like the fact that that guy gives the gun to who shoots him is Jesse Ventura, like the wrestler and then eventually the Minnesota governor. Right. I forget what he was. Or he was a mayor or something like I forget. He he was some politician and he was in Predator and all this sort of stuff. But the fact that you get that guy to play one of these henchmen dudes and that's it. Mm -hmm. You don't see him again. Because all of that got cut out of the movie. Oh. There was supposed to be like a John Spartan and Sandra Bullock. I forget it. Huxley. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to like go and battle all these guys to get to Simon Phoenix. And apparently <laughs> like after after test screenings, people were like, this ending takes too fucking long. <laughs> you just get to the get to the fight at the end of it. So they're like, oh, OK. So there's two guys that you see them kill. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, OK, and now it's just Simon. That's why they all just disappear because <laughs> they cut him out of the movie. But it was so silly because I saw his name in the credits mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, Jesse Ventura is in this. I didn't remember that. And then I saw him in that scene and I was like, oh, OK, he's like one of the big bruising mm-hmm. secondary bad guys. He's probably going to have like a big fight scene. He just disappears completely. Mm. Sorry, Jesse. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> 
Um, oh, but know. then they they toss his body into the fireplace. Like, come on, that's gonna smell up the whole place so bad. <laughs> They're bad guys. They don't care. That's so gross, though. They don't care. That, They're so bad. But it's. I mean, Simon smell. Phoenix. Simon Phoenix stabbed a dude's eyeball out and used it as a retinal scan trick, that which was, I loved. That was kind of badass. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> There's always those sorts of things in these action movies. It's like either you take the whole head mm-hmm. or just the eye or you you, know, you rip their hand off and the palm identification or something. There's mm-hmm. always a new way to do it. <laughs> I always love watching which way they do it. Like whenever you go to the future or something like that, you know you're going to get the like amputation oh, yeah. to escape. Some, someone's <laughs> losing a body part. Yeah, someone's losing something and that's that's letting them out. And there were a couple Rambo references. Yeah, at least one. I know that there was that he 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 says it to one of the dummies in the Hall of Violence when he's like stealing the stuff from them. Simon Phoenix says something about like, "Hey, Rambo," mm-hmm. and then it's like, "Wait a minute, what? Rambo movies exist <laughs> in this yeah. world with Sylvester Stallone <laughs> as John Spartan?" But was there another one? I didn't quite. Um, oh no, maybe it wasn't Rambo, but someone said, "Say hello to my little friend." Oh, oh, Scarface. Scarface. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Simon Phoenix definitely said that. (laughs) That, That's sort of what I mean by like the fact that it was just like, just say whatever you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he was like, uh, how about that? Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, let's go with it. The fact that he is such an insane character who will say anything at any point in time for any reason. Uh, I, I We mentioned this before about movies where it's like the, it's a great thing about having a character who's completely insane. Mm-hmm. It's because you can literally just have them say whatever you want whenever you want them to for any reason at all. And it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so something interesting that I found out is that in that like ending sequence that got cut from the movie. Mm-hmm. That was the sequence where Simon Phoenix was supposed to reveal to John Spartan that he framed him like all those hostages were already dead before mm-hmm. you blew up that building. So it wasn't your fault at all. And I framed you and ha 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 ha. So they cut that whole sequence out of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, since we lost all of that, we lost him telling John Spartan that mm-hmm. he framed him for those deaths, which is like a really important thing. So the audience knows like it wasn't actually his fault. He's a good guy. He knows whatever. Mm-hmm. You remember that line in the movie, though. Yeah. That he mentions that. Yeah, yeah. It's while they're in a car chase and he's literally like in the car with him and they're fighting and the doors are open and they're like hanging off above yeah. the highway and everything. Mm-hmm. And the camera doesn't the camera like cuts to Stallone only. And you don't see Wesley Snipes <laughs> at all. So they were like, okay, we're just going to snag that dialogue and have him reveal in this random fight scene (laughs) that he tricked him and Mm -hmm. that the hostages were already dead. Yeah. And the fact that the character is so fucking insane and will do and say anything whenever he wants, I didn't even notice. I didn't even second second guess it for a moment. I had no idea. That's why I was so confused. I was like, wait, no, they covered that. Yeah, right? That was was there. It's so funny. It's got (laughs) to be an editor's dream. We'd literally be like, you know, we cut that one scene, but we he has to say this. Like, eh, who gives a shit? Literally yeah. put it anywhere else in the movie. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Won't change a thing. Is he in the scene but not on camera? <laughs> just put it in. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. And I just I love the fact it's like, yeah, I never would have even thought about it for another moment. Yeah. If, well, if I didn't read that. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, I think one of my favorite things, I, I wrote it down right away in the script in that opening sequence between John Spartan and uh, and Simon Phoenix is the line that Phoenix has where he says, I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. <laughs> and I wrote that down specifically because I was like, this is exactly that kind of movie where that is going to be 100% <laughs> what comes back in the end. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, fucking Spartan freezes him and kicks his fucking head off. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, I fucking knew it. And that's so brilliant and idiotic and wonderful. Like that's such the like, and it all comes full circle. It's a good script. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. It's so silly. Um, but there were other things that paid off in this movie or that were supposed to pay off in this movie mm-hmm. that they didn't get around to. Like for one, they mentioned that his wife, died in the in the uh the earthquake Mm -hmm. but they don't mention anything about his daughter because in the original cut of the movie he finds his daughter she's living underground with the scraps Hmm. and it was such a part of the movie that she's in the movie 
at the very end of the movie. It's like John Spartan is standing there next to fucking Dennis Leary and they're Mm -hmm. talking to someone and there's a girl standing right next to Dennis Leary who's like one of the scraps Mm -hmm. and that's his daughter. Oh, And it's like you're supposed to know who it is so it makes sense why she's standing with them. But in the movie it's just like, and there's this girl here. Anyway. But it's like, oh no, yeah, that was his daughter. But the reason they they cut it because audiences were, they were a little grossed out uh, because of the whole like cryogenic freezing thing, Mm -hmm. because she is like basically the same age as Sandra Bullock. And so he was having like a relationship with Sandra Bullock's character, Mm -hmm. who's the same age as his daughter. Mm -hmm. And people were just weirded out by it, even though it's like, it's the time thing. Like, I've been frozen. (laughs) But people still just thought it was too weird. Yeah. So like, all right, fine. Never mind. (laughs) I mean, just in general about John Spartan over the course of the movie, like he's not so much a character as he is just like the manliest (laughs) man. Mm -hmm. And he stands out so hard against everyone else because of that. A lot of his uh, a lot of his like boggles uh, (laughs) (laughs) regarding (laughs) the future society are like totally understandable and completely warranted. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the whole bathroom thing being weird. Mm -hmm. Totally get it. You know, the car. the car not understanding you know getting fined for swearing mm-hmm. not understanding that certain foods and things aren't available anymore because they're illegal and all that stuff like i, I get that whole thing mm-hmm. but when they're fucking about to they're about to leave in the car and he's like i'll drive yeah and she's like oh okay and then he gets behind the wheel and then he can't figure it out so he's like oh fine you drive mm-hmm. but i was just like i'll drive yeah. you literally could not <laughs> wipe your own ass and you think you're going to fucking understand how to drive a car? You're such an asshole. And then later when when he learns that his like rehabilitation has given him the ability to like sew and knit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm a seamstress. <laughs> it's like, fuck yourself. Yeah. What, men can't learn that? Like, that was a bomb-ass sweater that you made her. Seriously. Like, he's like embarrassed by it. Like, oh yeah. my God. What a fucking, <laughs> what a man. Like, what a ridiculous man caricature of like, oh, I can't do a lady thing. It makes me a lady. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. You are literally the most ripped guy in the entire world right now. Yeah. And you're still insecure about your man <laughs> because you fucking knit a sweater. Come on, dude. Um. Also, God damn it, man. That sequence when they're underground mm-hmm. with the resistance people and it's fucking John Spartan standing next to. Uh, Edgar Friendly, literally the two people that Simon Phoenix is like supposed to be trying to kill. Mm -hmm. And he has like the high ground Mm -hmm. looking down on them. They are completely unaware he is there. He has a 100% chance of killing both (laughs) of them right now. And he misses. Yep. I could not fathom that. I don't know why the movie even put them in that scenario. Everybody misses. I mean, Jesse Ventura didn't miss. When and, he shot the doctor. <laughs> and uh Oh, and Sandy. Sandy didn't miss. Yeah, that one shot she gets. Mm-hmm. She she nails it. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really been going through the plot like beat by beat, but uh, you you listen to it, you get the gist. Mm-hmm. There's the guy who's in charge of everything, Dr. Cocteau, who turns out to be a bad guy. He gets killed. Uh but then Simon Phoenix gets killed as well. John mm-hmm. Spartan kills him. So the bad guys are all dead. The day is saved and the people who live underground who are like resistance against this utopia mm-hmm. like can come out now and, and rejoin society or whatever. Because <laughs> John Spartan's like, you know, maybe you guys need to clean up a little and you guys need to get a little dirtier and somewhere in the middle we'll figure it all out. Yeah. And everyone's just like, yeah, totally cool. And then that eunuch guy comes out and he walks up to Dennis Leary, mm-hmm. Mr. Friendly, and he's just literally like, I would be a wonderful associate for your new whatever. And I was like, why is it his? Yeah. Was there no succession plan in place if Dr. Cocteau died? Yeah, like, seriously. is he the president of the world or the United States or no, this, they... con- this city or... What the fuck he is? But they, why would why would it go to, to the yeah, hobo terrorist? I I don't know why the hobo the the lead hobo terrorist who wasn't even a leader at he said yeah, not he really. just did stuff and yeah. people tagged along. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know. It was why. so crazy that they're just like, all right, here's the keys to civilization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like holy shit! Yeah. All right, then you were really not prepared for anything. Yeah, seriously. Like it was just like uh, we just figured the world would continue to be perfect until everyone died. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible plan. Very terrible. 
Oh, that was so silly. But it was, I mean, it's just the fucking perfect right amount of silly. Like, it's not overly silly where you where you can, like, feel it being, like, like trying true. to be bad. Mm-hmm. That's the worst. That I cannot stand. Yeah. I can't stand when it, like, those Sharknado movies or shit like that mm-hmm. where they clearly are terrible and they know they're terrible and they're leaning into how terrible they are. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's not fun. Yeah. This... This is just so fucking like it's clearly supposed to be somewhat cartoonish, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like it's supposed to be badass yeah. and it's supposed to, you know what I mean? You're supposed to be like, oh, fuck, let's go, Josh Martin. <laughs> fuck these people up. You're right. We should be eating steak. All right. Like, <laughs> that kind of ridiculous shit when you give such a such a weird world that they live in where they like where being a modern American man is like a revolutionary thing to them. (laughs) Like I would like a beer and a burger and the whole city's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, it's so it's silly. Um, but so damn much fun. I, he, I, I do believe that Wesley Snipes as Simon Phoenix is like, uh, is easily a rival for like number two, on the action movie bad guy list. Like I will always place Hans Gruber number one. <laughs> he is just the fucking greatest. Mm-hmm. And Alan Rickman is the best. Simon Phoenix, strong case for number two. <laughs> strong case. Because holy shit. Yeah. It does it does make me excited to eventually uh introduce you to some more of these uh these kinds of movies. Cause they are <laughs> they are something to behold. There there really is something to be said for this era of cheesy action movies like i i prefer it so much to current cheesy action movies current cheesy action movies still take themselves too seriously than this you know what i mean <laughs> like those fast and the furious movies are like apparently they just get more ridiculous and more ridiculous with the like car stunts they do mm-hmm. but god damn it they take themselves fucking seriously with our family and this and that and you know mm-hmm. heartwarming things and whatever it's like no you're fucking cheesy action why the fuck are you trying to pull heartstrings is stupid <laughs> like there was no attempt at that in this movie yeah and it was perfect because it was like it's unneeded even the little bit of a like relationship between sandra bullock and sylvester stallone is kind of still just boils down to like um well, there's a lot of action to get to mm-hmm. we'll have a couple of scenes but this is really about the action yeah it's like yeah it fucking is <laughs> <laughs> oh my god did you have a good time watching were you like i, I guess i'm glad i watched i that. did yeah i i enjoyed it it's not necessarily a movie i would seek out watching mm-hmm. but if i was just you know scrolling through channels and demolition man was on <laughs> Be like, ooh, is it a Dennis Leary scene? Yeah. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> no, it was fun. I guess I have to expand what I uh, thought was my taste in movies because <laughs> I did also, you know, find Con Air enjoyable and Die Hard enjoyable. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I for like the first time since we never really we never really go into what a future show might be on a current show, but one of these days we're going to do broken arrow with Christian Slater and John Travolta and how we long. Oh God. And actually Bob Gunton, the guy who plays the chief in this, he's in it too. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for popcorn for dinner this week. Uh, this is Jeff and Kelly. Be well.